Welcome to the Motherhood Village Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gonzalez-Cumberbatch, and I know firsthand that it takes a village to raise a child, but most importantly, that it takes a village to uplift a mother. A mother's village is necessary and can take up many forms. Consider this podcast as part of your motherhood village. No matter the season of motherhood you're in, every conversation will give you more tools to add to your parenting toolbox, and you'll feel supported, inspired, and uplifted. So let's get into an informative and empowering conversation. Hello and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I'm on with a very special guest, Mrs. Maria Smith. Maria Smith is a natural born leader whose purpose and passion is in life is to help women find their purpose, passion, and why. She is also a motivator, a supporter, and an advocate, encourager, empower of women, a mother, and a friend. Her company, MMS Consulting Firm, is a place where all women can come to fear their best. But that starts with making a commitment to yourself to do the work, to want more, to challenge yourself, and to love yourself enough to make you a priority. It is her absolute passion to empower women and boost their confidence. Maria is a graduate of the University of Kentucky, a former Miss Kentucky, and a Kentucky Derby queen who spent 16 plus years in corporate America across three different industries as an individual contributor and a people leader, spending the majority of her career in the automotive industry. Last June, she made the biggest leap of her life and left the corporate world to begin consulting full-time in the automotive industry. She's building her empowerment coaching and vision board method, and business has been fantastic. Welcome, Maria. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm so excited that we're doing this. Me too. Okay, before we jump into it, let's do my icebreaker round. So tell me, what is your favorite book or one you recommend? So one I recommend to all my clients or just anyone, friends, family, uh, especially because of the vision boards Mm -hmm. and working with those. I always, and part of my vision board process talks about positive habits and building positive habits. So I always recommend uh, the Atomic Habits uh, by James Clear. Great book. So that is just one that I always recommend. As far as a, just a good fiction book, I one that I couldn't get over for a long time during the pandemic was um, And Where the Crowd Dads Sing. I was just going to say. I cannot wait. <laughs> it's becoming a movie. I can't wait to see it. But Delia Owens, that that book was just, it had me. It's It sat with me for a good solid week after I finished reading that one. Yeah, it is a great book. And I'll say, if you like uh, Love Atomic Habits, um, Life Pass, and I think I'm saying her name correctly, Payel. I don't know her last name. She created ClassPass. You're familiar with ClassPass? Yes. Amazing book. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah, it's about building habits, but she does it in such a way. Yeah, and it's it's a great book. Kind of along nice. the lines of Atomic Habits. I resonated with it because she's a woman mm-hmm. and her having the imposter syndrome, the fears of starting her own business. And because we're in that kind of space of growing and stuff, Great book. So I recommend that okay. for you. Nice. Thanks. What are the values that guide you and your family? Ooh, so it's interesting because I was thinking about this, um, especially in light of everything that's happened this week. And I, you know, kindness and love it really kept coming back to, and I think about just my family and how we want to raise our children. You know, I always say that I'm just, I just want to raise good humans. I want them to be successful, but I want to be, them to be successful that if that makes them happy my whole goal in life is to just raise good humans who go out and do good for the world and in the world. And so I feel like the values that we really cherish and prize in our home are, um, are kindness because it's easy, it's free. And if we can start there and a basis in our home, then hopefully everything can grow and our children can become beacons of that kindness to others. I love that. 
If you could travel anywhere right now, where would you go? Santorini, Greece. Yeah. <gasps> or- <laughs> no, no, oh, no. So that's I have your bucket not. list. That's their bucket list, yes. My husband says 2024, so I'm putting it out there because I'm all about manifesting and holding him accountable to it. <laughs> I love it. Vision board. Vision board, exactly. What has motherhood taught you? Ooh, to ask for help. I, before motherhood, very much controlled most of my life and really had a hard time asking for help. And I think as women, we just have a hard time asking for help. Uh, And the irony is that I always laugh because my husband is someone who doesn't ask for help a lot either. I really, I really don't think it's gender specific. I feel like in life, we just all have moments where we just you know, or seasons of life where we don't feel comfortable asking someone else because we we internalize that or, or as, as a sign of weakness. You know, we, we, we tell ourselves, well, if I ask for someone's help, then maybe that says that I'm not good enough. It's devaluing yourself. Exactly. Yeah. But in motherhood, I mean, it gets real. Yeah. It gets real, real fast. And I've had to learn to just ask for help. And maybe into your point, it's not gender specific, but generational. A hundred percent. Yes. Right. So the same thing, my husband really asked for help. It's like just innate in in us Mm -hmm. to not ask for help. So I think more than anything, it's generational, also cultural. Yes. Um, So yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I think now the tide is turning where I think our kids recognize that they can. So maybe when they become parents, it'll be a whole different thing. Um, but yeah, I, I like that. Okay. So now I did a fantastic bio on yourself. Is there anything oh, okay. else you want to discuss? Maybe hobbies, family life before we jump into your journey into entrepreneurship, your mission, vision board, and all of the meat and potatoes? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, not re- not, not specifically. I mean, hobbies, my family, yeah. <laughs> um, these days, well, you, you guys know, love I, to travel. Each one, we do love to travel. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I started actually, um, the eight week transformation back in February with orange theory fitness, actually yes. the, the automotive group that I consult for, they, they actually bought classes for everyone to, to be a part of this. And I was kind of welcomed in to do this and it really took off. And so I became a member. I love Orange Theory. Uh, during the pandemic, I was an avid beach body person, always have been. I still have that membership, mm-hmm. but there is something different. I, I love the community aspect mm-hmm. that it provides. And so for me, it's been good because pandemic, I needed that outlet of kind of going to my garage and being able to work out and yeah. put a video on or, you know, go online and, and access a program because it kept me focused and kind of kept me going. But now that we've shifted, well, somewhat out of yeah. that and into a different era, yeah. I, I just feel that need. We were so away from people for so long that now I just want all the people. I don't care how sweaty they are next to me on the treadmill. Yeah. I'm just happy to be around people. <laughs> no, for I, I completely understand. How? What are the kids' ages? So my oldest is 14. My middle son, I have two two boys. He, My oldest son is 12 mm-hmm. and the baby is five. And your oldest is a daughter who is the 14. Yes, yes. My oldest is my daughter. Yes. And wow. They'll, so you have- All have birthdays coming up. High school, going into high school, middle and elementary. Correct. Next, this fall, we are going to have one in each. Yes. all wow. Three kids at three different schools. So that's going to be intense. We might have to do part two yes. of this, of like how- <laughs> to and balance I know is such a word but like juggling of that because they're all very different stages 100% yeah. my daughter is starting at a school here that she's 
got into a, a very, very wonderful private school mm-hmm. where she was able to get um, a fine arts scholarship to attend. And so she's extremely excited about that. But that means, you know, me taking her every day or they do have a bus system, I guess, to get her there. But it's just a lot of maneuvering. I mean, you know how it is. It's Yeah. And, you know, here in Broward County too, you have to sign up now to ride the bus. So my seventh grader has to actually literally save himself a seat on the bus next year. Uh, Yes. And then then the baby can walk slash bike to school when he's old enough. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We'll run him around the corner. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, So love and light. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. For this school year. Send all the prayers, please. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Okay. So entrepreneurship. Briefly, high level, talk about your journey into entrepreneurship. You mentioned, and I mentioned in the intro, you have MMS Consulting Firm. You do automotive consulting. You're also a former Miss Kentucky, so I know empowering women. Talk a little bit about your time in corporate and how you pivoted into entrepreneurship and what your mission currently is. So I started, oh, I started in corporate, you know, 17 years ago, right after my husband and I were, were married. I essentially, I mean, to be completely just transparent, I wanted to make money. Mm -hmm. I went into corporate America knowing that that would be a path for me to be able to make money and that I could then provide for Mm -hmm. my family. Um, I didn't come from a lot of money and my parents did the best that they could. They made a ton of sacrifices, but I also knew that part of going to college, getting that education, moving forward in life was to propel me further. And I didn't necessarily want to make more, was trying to accomplish more than them. It was just to be better, to do better, to try to further advance um, the life that I would live with my husband. Which is what they wanted for you. That's what they sacrificed for, for you to go, which is now you sacrificing for your kids. Like a life. Yeah, for sure. And so, um, so I started and, and I actually was recruited to come work for the pharmaceutical industry. And Mm -hmm. I spent five years in, in pharma, left there to I took a voluntary severance and left the pharma industry and then went and campaign finance uh, fundraised, mm-hmm. <laughs> just kind of crazy. Uh, but my major was political science in college. Wow. So I, I did that for a, a while and then fell into the automotive industry mm-hmm. through that. And I enjoyed it. I really liked it. It was very fast paced. It was always something very different. Yeah. Uh, and for a while, it sustained me. For a while, it was really everything that I focused on. Uh, I was extremely driven, ambitious. I wanted to to move up the ladder, mm-hmm. and I really felt that there was a place for me to do that at that company. Sure. So I got promoted. We moved the family from my home state of Kentucky, where I had grown up and my roots and where everyone I knew uh, lived, and we went to Atlanta, Georgia. And then from there, uh, my husband, really his career started taking off. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we moved to Nashville after that. And then we landed three years ago in South Florida. So that's a kind of a high level of kind of how we got here. And it was when we moved here and I started transitioning the kids, even at that time, three kids in three different schools. uh, Because my daughter was the only one in middle school. My, My younger, my middle son had not joined her yet. And I just started to feel from the moment we moved down here, that there was just a shift in my overall desires, wants, needs. I didn't feel the desire to climb that ladder anymore. And instead, uh, what I found was that throughout all of my career, 
the one thing that I had been drawn to doing was empowering women. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of women in the automotive industry. So I wanted to create a space where, and not just necessarily women in automotive, but in any industry Mm -hmm. or in, in any walk of life could define the goals and dreams that they had, but then see them through to fruition. For sure. Corporate America is very good about creating action plans and goal planning and goal setting and smart goals and you name it. Oftentimes though, we're not very good or companies aren't very good at following through on those objectives. Um, Outside of the numbers, we hit the numbers, we get there, but it's then what? Then what? Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's that people progression. It's the progression of the person. It's making sure that that person feels fulfilled during that process. That they feel like sure. what they're working towards is not just someone else's goal, but their own. Mm-hmm. So I just felt a really deep connection to wanting to connect on a different level and outside of the corporate space. And luckily for me, then the pandemic happened. So it provided that for me. I started branching out. Um, that's how we met and through Instagram. Instagram crazy. Yeah, I know. And then come to find out we live, you know, like down the street and around the corner from each other. It's so big up to social media because yes. the connections that we make. Yeah. And I know we can talk about that. It's, it's amazing. Um, so, yeah. Yes. No, it it is. It absolutely is. And during the pandemic, it was, it was just, it was wonderful to be able to, to meet like-minded women who were confident and empowered and and had all of these goals and these dreams because man, I just felt like, oh my gosh, this is my jam. Like I'm thriving off of this. And essentially that's where my business was born out of, um, was just wanting to find a space and create a space where women could come together Mm -hmm. and they could share their goals and their dreams. Yeah. I've been an avid vision board builder, creator, uh, goal achiever, et cetera, whatever you want to call it, you know, ever since I was eight years old. Um, if you visit my site, you can read the story, but that's really where it all started. Yeah. And every year, all of the goals that I wanted to achieve, I put it I, I put it on paper. So you see as you're building this without even realize what you're building, that you're like, I've been doing this for myself. So your mission is to be able to show women and say, if I did this, and I I love vision boarding as well, um, let me help other women realize. Because I think you're right. I think, yeah, in corporate America, things get lost in the sauce and they make these great plans, but sometimes execution isn't there or then... Or then what, right? We get from A to Z and then it's like, okay, and what? You know, everyone's like up here and then kind of fall flat. Mm -hmm. Um, So 100%. Um, But when did you think that you wanted to create a business out of it because there's something different of saying, I want to do this and right. then going into, you know what? I think I can, I can do this to where I can do my purpose and then make a living about it so that it goes hand in hand. So interestingly enough, it's interesting that you, that you say that I didn't start out my business with mm-hmm. vision boarding. I started it out consulting, yeah. coaching, developing, okay, mentoring. So yeah, talk about that. Go ahead. Yeah. That's really how it started. But no, you bring up a great point because I, I, I mean, I, I think it shows that throughout the course of building a business or entrepreneurship, yes. so many yes. things change and, and you try one thing that might work. And then you realize that, oh my goodness, this thing actually works. And so I was starting all of my sessions with career clients or my pageant clients, you know, and I was saying, hey, just, just in prefacing and trying to figure out what they wanted. Mm-hmm. How can I help you? So, sure. so you, you've signed up, you told me you want to work with me. That's great. I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. 
but what do you feel that, what do you, what do you want help on? What are your goals? What are your dreams? What are you looking to achieve? Why are you doing this? May I ask, what did you find in asking those questions? Were people or the women a lot less like, oh, did you find more of like, oh yeah, I want this. Or they were unsure of like, oh wait, I, I, I haven't really thought about that. Or I haven't been asked that. It was about 50, 50. Oh wow. Yeah. I'd say it was about 50, 50. I had about 50% of the women that I work with, and it's probably still the same today. I think, you know, just really know what they want. Yeah. They, they, they know exactly why they're meeting with me, why they're coming to the table. And now I would say it's probably leaning more towards 75, 25, know what they want because they're coming, or at least they know that they want to know what they want, (laughs) put it that way. And so they're coming to me saying, I want to work with you on my vision board because I want to feel that way. I want to feel fulfilled. I want to lead a purpose-filled life. I want to find my passion and I want to be able to develop that in a way that might provide extra money for my family. Or if anything, just give me an outlet to express my creativity. And what have you found? um, And and I'll say my experience, because like I said, I I, I do enjoy vision boarding um, and I believe in manifestation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I believe they're kind of two different things Mm because I think you're... talk on that, I guess, um, obviously you're the expert, but, um, have you found, or I guess what, what have you found in talking with these women now, you, you have your workshops and things that you do. What are like some surprising things or things that you're like, Oh, wow. Or what tends to come up more often? And then I'm going to tell you my little spiel I was going to go into. So I'll tell you how I start the process. Cause there that'll go. help. There you go. I start the process with a word of the year. And, and, and I'm going to preface this for anyone who's listening. You do not have to start January one. You don't point. have to start. What's today? May 26th. May 26th. Yeah. The time's going to pass anyway, but you don't have to start January 1st. A lot of people can't and just honestly are trying to figure out the, the, the beginning of the year. And so I always say, give yourself grace. You'll know when it's time to start. Uh, you, your, your calendar and your timeline is going to be different from everyone else's. But that's such a good point because I think everyone thinks beginning of the year, new me, new you, or whatever the niche words that we use. But I think that goes, that, that tells my listeners and for anyone listening to this is you can start whenever you're ready to make whatever changes or vision you want to have. So that's a good point. Yes. Continue. And because our visions and our, and and our dreams and our goals change over time too. So we need to be constantly revisiting that, but it really starts with the process starts with the word of the year and, you know, or or a word of your, your, your journey, you know, however Mm -hmm. you want to phrase that I say word of the year, because I do start mine at the beginning of the year. It's just how I operate. Uh, But my word of the year, I guess, method, how I tell people to think about it is what is the one thing that when you think about all the different goals that you might be thinking about putting on your vision board, what is a word that continues to come to mind or pop to the you know surface mm-hmm. of your head where you say, oh man, that word reminds me of that goal. That word reminds me of that yeah. goal. So I've used words in the past like mindset. My word for this year is momentum. Mm-hmm. I have used grace. Mm-hmm. I have used help. Yeah. Give save. I've used so many different words over the years. And so in the workbook, I give it about 30 examples of different words yeah. that people have chosen, but that's really how that starts. And then it moves into the process of defining those goals and then putting them down on the board. Gotcha. And so throughout the workbook, you, you get to, you get to plan. There's plenty of space to write, to say, this is what I really want to work on. Uh, and, and I divide it up into, you know, personal, professional, and then a fun goal, just a, a goal that is just something that's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my travel. 
Yeah. That's fun. You know, personally, yes, it's also a personal goal, but it's really, that's that fun goal because those are the things that I look forward to. And, and then it's really the foundation is the positive, is building on the positive habits. And then, so we'll go into what, what is then the difference between vision boarding and manifestation? Yeah. So interesting, you know, vision boarding really, to me, vision boarding is, is the process. It's the process of physically creating the board of manifestation. Uh, yes. Of manifestation. Yeah. It's taking all the things that you're manifesting, but then manifestation to me is another process in and of itself because it's, it's the true. continuation of that. So it's one thing to say, I'm going to make a vision board and I have made some amazing vision boards in the past, <laughs> but it's the follow through and it's the continuation of that, that really makes the process work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where sometimes those manifestation type, uh, talk tracks and things that we tell ourselves and things we keep putting out there. Those are sometimes just as important actions as the goal setting and the goal planning and right. Having that morning routine, pulling from those positive habits to continue to capitalize on it. Cause I tell people all the time, a vision board without action. Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's just a really pretty cute little board. (laughs) I think people have that misconception. I guess that could be, yeah, the question, the misconceptions of vision boarding and are people think like you just put it out on this board and it's going to come. Right. No, no, no. Now I I always tell people, uh, you know, you have to put it in a place where you're going to see it every single day because to do it and then to sit it somewhere else where it's never going to be seen again is pointless as well. So you have to put it somewhere where every single day you see it. A lot of people for them in this digital world, it's going digital. Mm. It's putting it on their, their phone screen. Yeah, I they you know. take a screenshot of it. Yeah. Right. Or putting it on their computer screen. I do also encourage them to make a physical copy of it, even if it's so much as printing out that digital version mm. that they created, just because there is something so different about a tangible form of what it is that you've produced, putting it in front of you and seeing that every single day. Um, you did a workshop when you were first creating this and I went, which is awesome. And um, two things with that. One, I love the community sense. And that'll go into my question of like how you do this. Is it one-on-one? Do you like to do the group session? So we'll talk about that. And number two, I actually have the one I did last year and then the one we did in my office facing me. So anytime I, I go it. into my office, I have the one and I have them there. And I'll look up and then I'll have the words or whatever pictures I have there. And it's interesting to me that looking back, some of the things I've written or um, I put pictures of, I'll say, oh gosh, maybe it wasn't exactly this, but it's this. I think I had put traveling and yeah, I think we realized we have three trips in August, weekend to weekend. We're going to Hawaii in October, which we have to talk about Um, like all these things. So it's like, it's, it's a version of whatever that looks like. Um, to some degree. Um, but yeah, so how how do you do these sessions? How do you, yes. with the workshops, is it one-on-one? Is it group? Are you going to continue to do group? Yes. Speaking of that. Yes. So all of the above. <laughs> I do one-on-one. I really like those sessions because it it just helps to further the conversation. So typically the first session, I have already given them the workbook. They come, you know, you come to the table ready to, to discuss. Yeah. It takes about that full hour to hour and a half to review the the workbook, but then that gives me a good opportunity to know, okay, now I know what we're working towards. Now sure. I know what we're working on. And there's a one-on-one accountability aspect of that too, because now I become your personal accountability coach. Yes. I'm the person who's now saying, hey, you set a goal 
to run a 10K, you set a goal to save $10,000. And yes, what are your action items? How are we going to accomplish this? What steps are we going to put in place? And then when we meet again you know, next month or in two weeks, whatever that looks like, then I'm going to check I'm going to check off on you. I'm going to check in on you. And we need those types of people in our life. We need coaches. We need mentors. We need people sometimes just to, to come and sit in solidarity with us to say, my goals aren't going the way that I wanted them to, or this month I haven't even been able to start because this, 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 and this. Sometimes there's so much release and, and, and goodness that can happen in just venting and getting it, letting it all out. And so throughout the process, you learn that, okay, that's okay. For sure. But now how are we going to redirect so that in another month, we don't have this same conversation. Which is where the accountability aspect comes in. That's, I think, that's, I think the special effect of what you do because you're, you're able to have this workbook um, and go deep into not just taking out pictures. Cause I think again, people think, Oh, we're just going to put pretty pictures, right. yes. but really going deep of looking okay, you said this. So let's be intentional with that. Yes. And then the accountability. Now you said all of the above with the group session. So talk on the group so, session and what about corporate? Yes. Was that yes. also something? Yes. Okay. So corporate sessions is something that I also do. Small businesses is really where I'm, I'm probably more focused and aligned right now mm-hmm. working with small businesses. I've worked with a couple of female owned small businesses mm-hmm. and I love that because it's just great to see them all coming together in that capacity. And then the group coaching sessions, to your point, that's something that um, I do within our group. I kind of bring everyone together yeah. a couple times, you know, this year. And then I've also offered up the one-on-one sessions too. So it gives everyone that's a part of the group to come together in the group. They've shared, they've shared the vision. So they yeah. have all got to share in a group, in a, in a group, what their word of the year was and what their top three goals that they were working on, yes. you know, and then the positive habits. So it just, it creates more of a community. Like you're saying, that's really the ultimate goal is to create that community moving forward. Uh, you know, this will become something that I continue to do the group coaching. I'll offer the one-on-one as well, but really just aligning it around building that community of women. Sure. And then, like you said, with the small businesses, I, I remember when you talked, I thought that was a, such a phenomenal idea of you going in because to your point, leadership is so important. But if, if you have clear cut goals of what you're trying to achieve, but then there's an actionable, an actionable plan or someone like you can go in and say, hey, you guys said um, the art department, technology, whatever was going to be working on this. Where are you guys at with that? Right. Um, so I, I love that. And I have no doubt that. <laughs> you know, of seeing big things. Cause I, I think it's something that's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think will help a lot of people to, mm-hmm. to reach where they have to go with that. So now let's dive into just some fun fact, not fun facts, but dive a little bit deeper into Maria in the sense of what advice has made the most impact on your life that you negative or positive. Maybe you're like, Oh, I listened to that and did not work or you know what this, and I kind of carry, carry it with me today. It would have to be the advice that my mother gave me a long time ago when she said, stop worrying about what other people think because they're worrying about themselves. <laughs> so uh, you you have those times when you're in middle school or high school. And I, I specifically remember this being more of a high school conversation oh, and so just not really having the maturity yet to understand and always being so insecure and worrying about what everyone else thought about me or is that person looking at me or did they notice uh, this? Did they, exactly. Did they notice this? And my mom said, they, they're too busy worrying about themselves. 
to worry about you. So why are you giving them any headspace at all? Because you just need to worry about yourself. <laughs> and it's so true. Yeah. And in your mind, you're like, that's you. Cause I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about myself. myself. Exactly. Cause I'm worried about what they're thinking about. But cause I'm worried about myself. Exactly. I love that. So. And I think that's so pertinent now, especially because I think our teenagers are so inundated with that, um, which is, I know is a whole nother conversation. Um, you know, cause social media is a big thing. So that's, that's great advice to put out there. And actually I do want to um, touch on just briefly, cause I, I don't know how many questions you get about being Miss Kentucky and a Kentucky Derby queen. But <laughs> what I want to say to that is, um, and not like you're, well, it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, you're, too, you're so beautiful. Um, what was that time? Like, what are some misconceptions about being a beauty queen and what did you really take away from there that you still use today? I'll, I'll those high level questions. Yeah. With that. Um, well, I mean, I think the obvious misconception is that, yeah. you know, we're base and just baseless and have no, you know, yeah. no foundation really. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's the crazy thing is that if you ever meet someone who has been in the pageant system, whether it's Miss America or Miss USA or the universe system, whatever, these women are so driven. They're they are highly educated. They they are motivated. They're ambitious. They want to achieve. They want to be successful. Um, but they also lead with a servant's heart. I think that is one of the biggest things I took away from my time competing in the Miss America organization, and it's why I continue to give back. Yeah. So I work with pageant contestants. I work with, uh, you know, I work in the Miss USA system. I work with the Miss America system, and I just try to support as many women as possible. Uh, on their journey because I, I, I was awarded over $50,000 that paid for yeah. my college education. So I, I, it was a fantastic experience for me and especially coming from, you know, my, my upbringing and kind of using it as a way for me to, um, make connections, to network, to, to do things that I probably still could have done if I, if I hadn't won, but it would have been a little bit harder. I just took every opportunity that was provided me and tried to capitalize on it and, you know, meeting people. But I would say the biggest misconception probably is that, you know, yeah, that we're dumb or that, you know, it's, it's like you said, there's no um, depth. There's just, right. Just is what it is. Correct. Which then goes down to the beauty standards of if we see someone, we think, well, if someone's good, like they can't be educated or they can't have all of these other levels, um, right. with it. But yeah, no, I always found it fascinating. Um, and I see how you speak on that. I see the work that you do. Um, and that's awesome that you say something that was so impactful for you of giving back and saying, if I can impact someone else on their journey and take with what I learned, mistakes, mm-hmm. highs, whatever that looks like. Yes. Um, so that is awesome. So going back. Um, so what do you do to release, to reset and recharge for yourself? You got a lot of roles, entrepreneur, mom, wife, yes. friend. What do you do to rela- to release, to reset and to recharge? Mm-hmm. Ooh, so to release, reset, recharge for me really looks like reading a book. Uh, it really looks like just some alone time mm-hmm. and time with my husband. So I, uh, might have an abnormal relationship with my husband. <laughs> I'm a little bit attached to him. Um, well, you guys have been together since you're 16? Since 17. Wow. Yeah, since, yeah, yeah. Since, since I was a 17. Time. A long yeah. time, yeah. yeah. So we celebrate 17 years of marriage in July. We've been together for 23 as of next January. So wow. we've, we've, we've grown up yeah. together. We've been through so many ups and downs, too many to count. But ultimately, he's just my favorite person. Yeah. And I just enjoy being with him. So a lot of times we collectively 
our release time and kind of our reset and recharge is built around little small weekend travel trips that we'll take together. And so for me, that's a huge part of, of that. I need those trips because I need that time. We, we just run opposite of each. We're like ships in the night half the time, just running around between the kids and his work, which he's very involved with. And then mine, sometimes there's maybe two minutes in the day that we get to actually see each other. And it's yeah. typically right before we go to bed. <laughs> yeah, and then, then you're spent. So you don't yeah, have the right. energy to have a conversation to even whatever it is, you're done. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that. I, I said that, I think even on a podcast once um, on, on an episode, I think I did. And we were talking about that and I had mentioned, I was like, yeah, I was like, I think one of the things that uplifts me is when I'm with my husband, when we're not, when we're feeling like two ships in the night yes. as well, or I feel, oh, I know. Yes. I'm like we start whatever and I'm like, okay, no, we need to reset. We need to come back here because I can feel it. Feel it. Yes. And then when we're both aligned, I'm like, okay, it all is all is good. And for us, it's I it's not weekend trips, but it helps. We have the grandparents. So Jace will go, my son will go away for a day or two. That helps over the weekend. Um, but for us, it's like every couple, two or three months. And it's funny because my husband, even when we first started dating over 10 years ago, he would say, you know, I, I need to travel like every three months is like my my max. I wish yeah. it was more, but with work and stuff, right. he's like, but three months. And it's so true. Yes. So I don't know if it's like inadvertently like him, but like that yeah. three month mark, we're like, okay. He was manifesting that. Yeah. At the right? very beginning of the yeah, marriage. Was like, look, he's like, look. It's so true. So it's like now I, I, that out there. I, I see that and I can sense and I'll look, I'm like, when was, I'm like, oh, yes. right. We need, we need to kind of get away. So I love how you said that because I think sometimes we think that it's only solo, but whether it's girlfriend, you know, your friends, whatever we need sometimes that person who or whoever that person is for us yes. to kind of reset as well. Yes. I know you said you do orange theory. So obviously fitness, that Absolutely. kind of thing for sure. That's a big, that's a, that's more of a, of a constant stress relief for yeah. me. That's kind of more of that daily stress relief or, you know, a few times a week. And it keeps me, keeps me my equilibrium kind of, you know, okay. balance. Yes. And at bay. Uh, and then, but ultimately overall, I mean, those are those times I feel like our lives go through so many seasons. And I think for, you know, about, like you said, about every three months, once a quarter, you know, and, and it's interesting because a lot of, a lot of people goal plan and goal set on a quarterly basis. Yeah, a lot of, true. I've got a couple of clients who make four vision, vision boards a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause that's how that's They're like, okay, just, first quarter, this is what we're focused on. I like it. Cause they can't, they can't, um, they can't look at the whole 12 months, uh, completely. What they have to do is, is break it down into more bite-sized manageable chunks of time. That makes sense. And exactly. again, it goes to like, there's no right or wrong answer right. to this. Like, again, people think it's a whole year. Yes. And maybe that's why a lot of people don't stick with it because it is so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So actually make a good point. Maybe it needs to be broken down a little bit because yes. you think, oh my God, it's a whole year. Through, you know, I, I, I can't. And it's like, no, let's, let's, let's yeah. work on it. Let's break it down and then go from there. Yes. That's the beauty of the process is you really get to design the process to what best fits for you. Yeah. It's really saying, okay, I'm not going to try to squeeze or, you know, this, this process, you know, it, that's not square peg round hole. You know, yeah. it, it's definitely a, a process that is flexible with your personality yep. type or how you, how you operate on a, on sure. a daily it's basis. Of it. Love it. So it's, it's based on what, what your needs are. Yeah. A few more questions. What systems do you have in place to make sure you're getting your tasks done? I know you said atomic habits. So what yes. do you have that you need that get you and make sure Maria is on track? Well, I hope to be developing my own soon. <laughs> so that gives you any indication. Yes. Uh, I live and die by my planner. I, I've tried, I've tried the digital planner. Oh, 
I just can't. I have to have a, a tangible form of something. It, there's something about that planner that I, I, I see it, I visualize it, mm-hmm. and, and I can go through and tell people, I know exactly where I'm going to be on this day because I, I have it in my planner. Uh, but we also use other systems at home. Like I said, my mother-in-law is a huge part of our yeah. life, and she helps us with the children. So we, we have a dry erase uh, board and calendar for her, and every month we put all of our all of our late nights, all of, you know, <laughs> My events, husband's things, events yeah. my husband's travel. If we're gonna, if we want to do a date night, if we're gonna be somewhere, we put all that on the calendar so that she sees it. Uh, you know, because sometimes she might pick up one kid and say, "Well, where's the other?" And it's because I've picked them up early and taken them to you know an orthodontist appointment or something. So it's yeah. just really trying to trying to to manage that way. Uh, and then as far as systems, I mean, I just have always kind of done, done, do laundry on weekends, do things, you know, little things that can help me along the way. Um, but my planner is the biggest one. I mean, it's really the the only system old I use. I, I, I don't right. I'm very old school. I don't want to create too many because then <laughs> I think it'll become chaotic. Yeah. But I, I try to stick to a decent morning routine, and then my planner. You're looking at your plan. yeah, same thing. I love to plan my next day, my next week. I, I I think I'm already looking now. I'm like, okay, what's next week? I still have my my calendar because I need to. I'm always on my phone, so I'll look. But I need to be able to write it down. I need to have notes. So I'm with you there. Um, how can women connect with you? Oh, the best way to connect with me is Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm always, you know, on Insta. I, yeah. I do some on Facebook. I'm trying to to LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn as well. Yep, LinkedIn as well. But you can just find me. My Instagram handle is my full name, mm-hmm. <laughs> Maria Maldonado Smith, because that's where the M. that's where the M in MMS Consulting yes. uh, comes from. Uh, it's also. It's also in there uh, for the future because my goal is that this would be something my daughter and I do together, uh, and this is this is really when I when I thought about the throughout the planning process of building the business, um, I had read a book that really talked about having a legacy project mm-hmm. and making your leg making what you do your passion and purpose in life something you can can give, give. to your children mm-hmm. and. My daughter's always a source of inspiration for me. So are my boys, but my girl, we're, we're just, we're very close. And, and in many ways she's following my, in my footsteps, which is interesting because not necessarily how I ever thought that it would be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, because she's her own person, but I love to see her just doing her own thing and, and doing what she loves, but she vision boards. Like I said, it's a family affair. So we we do it all together. Oh yeah. So you went to the schools, you do it as a family. Uh Yeah, no, you, you breathe this. This yes, is, this is yes. everything. So for anyone, this is, this is what she does. This <laughs> yeah. She this it. is very much our, yeah. they're displayed in our home proudly yeah. <laughs> so that the kids can see them every day and look at what they're accomplishing. We talk about it. We check in on our goals. Um, but yeah, that's where the other M is, is really kind of interchangeable. Yeah, that's right. That makes yes. sense. Cause her name starts it's, with an M. And there it starts with an M. Yes. Um, and I can see the spark when you talked about that. So I, I love yeah, it. Thanks. Any other final thoughts to the podcast community? Oh, good community. Yeah. Community. Yes. All the communities. All the communities. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. I would say just start, you know, if if you're, if you're, if you're unsure, if you're thinking like, oh, that sounds kind of corny and cringy. Like, listen, I get it. I totally get it. Uh, That was my kids like four or five years ago. And I'm like, we're going to do vision boards. And you're like, what the heck? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, no, we're not. Um, Yes, we are. And they love it now. And it becomes a whole thing that we do. Um, So I would say just start. And if you have any questions, reach out to me, send me a DM, uh, you know, 
will post the, the website. You can find me on mmsconsultingforum.com. You can fill out a form that says, you know, I, I'm interested in vision boarding. You can let me know what would help you. Yeah. Even if it's just that you want the free workbook so that you can just kind of figure that out on your own. Sure. I really, at this point, just want everyone to start creating the vision for their future. I love it. Maria, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on and continued blessings to you for love and light. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this impactful episode of the Motherhood Village podcast. Subscribe to my show so you'll never miss a future episode. You may also rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with someone that can use it as part of their Motherhood Village. Remember, your village can take up many forms and you do not have to do it alone. Connect with me at themotherhoodvillage.com. Blessings to you for love and light.